Welcome to Puto Politics, the political podcast of the San Antonio Express News. My name is Gilbert Garcia, Metro columnist, and I'm joined by Kerry Clack, columnist, editorial writer. Metro editor Greg Jefferson. We still have two city council runoffs left. Um, but as of now, um, we there's only one new council member uh, in San Antonio that we know of. Um, Mark White is an attorney. He has served uh, on the city zoning commission, uh, on the ethics review board. He was on a, a bond committee for parks on the uh, Port San Antonio board of directors. And very soon he will be the new uh, city council member for the Northeast side in district 10. Mark, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> I wanted to start by asking you about the, this, uh, election cycle, you were in, in kind of an unusual situation. It was a kind of a sensitive situation because you had the incumbent, Clayton Perry. Um, he had had this hit and run incident, um, and there were a lot of questions about whether he was going to decide to run for another term. Uh, and I think he was kind of in the process of, of deciding that. Um, and you clearly had an interest in the seat. Um, and I think you were trying to be sensitive to to what he was, uh, his decision making process. How did you How did you navigate your way through that? Yeah, it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Clayton and I had talked about uh, the potential for me uh, coming in behind him for, for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, he, he thought about uh, running for a county commissioner uh, several years ago. And so that's really when it first got on my radar um, and certainly wasn't expecting uh, things to turn out like they did at the end of last year. But, you know, for me, first and foremost, Clayton's a friend. And so uh, I didn't want to do anything um, to make him uncomfortable uh, throughout the process. I wanted to give him time to uh, to navigate it in his own mind and talk to uh, everybody around him that he needed to, um, all the while um, knowing that for him to go forward uh, and run for his final term was was going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, so I wanted to be ready uh, in the event that he was going to choose to move on. And so, you know, through a lot of conversations with him uh, directly uh, and others, um, you know, we prepared uh, to be able to run to do it. And then when he made the decision, we were ready to go. Mm -hmm. So early on in by mid-November, um, a number of uh, former District 10 council members and friends and allies of the councilmen uh, were talking with him, advising him not to run. Were you one of those? So District 10 um, has uh, the former council folks are very active in the district. Mm -hmm. um, and they're also people that I've gotten to know over the past four or five years as I've really become involved with the district. Mm -hmm. And so there were a lot of discussions um, between us all about what was best uh, for District 10. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was in touch with them quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, I know they, they were talking to Clayton. I was mm -hmm. talking to Clayton, as I mentioned. And, um, you know, the, the consensus from them, you know, it's public now, of course, was that was that Clayton should move on. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I was honored that, that, you know, they thought that that I'd be the guy uh, that should come behind him. Right. What was their primary concern? I mean, why did they I mean, it, it, it seems kind of obvious why you you did advise him not to run. But was it because he would be hamstrung? Would it be an embarrassment? Like why? What was the motivation? Yeah, I think there was 
two main reasons. Um, One, of course, the good of the district, you know, I mean, Clayton had sort of been sidelined a bit by the mayor, you know, stripped of committee assignments and things like that. Was that going to continue if you were to win a fourth term? Uh, that that wouldn't have been good for the district. So mm-hmm. um, the district's interests were number one in being adequately represented at City Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing, of course, was personal for Clayton. You know, all of those those folks care about Clayton, mm-hmm. are friends of Clayton. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the consensus was if he was to continue, um, what would it be like for him dealing with the media and, you know, constant questions about about the incident? And they didn't want that for him. In 2018, you ran for state representative. This was a seat that Joe Strauss decided to vacate, and it was a race ultimately won by Steve Allison. Um, and as I remember, there were a bunch of candidates in that Republican primary kind of bunched together. It was pretty, yeah. it was a very competitive race. What did you learn uh, from the, the process of running that year that, yeah. that was helpful to you this time? Yeah, well, I knew nothing back in 2018. <laughs> uh, I knew nothing except I wanted to do it. And, um, you know, when I look at that race, um, it was a crowded field, sort of like this one was. But Steve, uh, who of course is, is is a great friend and sort of mentor to me now, mm-hmm. um, Steve sort of ha- was very prepared to get into that mm-hmm. from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what I learned uh, that helped me this time, is having all your ducks in a row um, before you even announce um, I mean, for example, this time you committed, was it $50,000? Yeah. I mean, you had you had some money to, to start out with even before you were. Yep. Yep. I had um, knew I wanted to work the past four or five years to put some money aside mm-hmm. in the event an opportunity would come along like this so that I could hit the ground running in the campaign. Right. So the financial side was one, but then also. Um, the support, you know, Steve had lived in District 121 um, for years prior to running. He had been on the school board. He had developed relationships within the community that really um, uh, set him up to do well in that race. And so for me, um, over the past five or six years with the Northeast Neighborhood Alliance and being on some of the other boards as the District 10 representative, all of that preparation set me up to where I think the voters felt you know, here's a guy not coming out of nowhere um, that's ready to do the job. And that may have been a difference between uh, this race and, and back in 2018 for me. Well, for those listeners and, and, and viewers who don't live in District 10, you are the guy coming out of nowhere. So just tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and why it's important for you to, to be in the politics. Yeah. Um, public service for me. Uh, has always been something I've been I've been interested in, um, and and I tell the story. For me, it began back in uh, uh, really college. I, I got to go and see. You've probably heard me tell this story, but I got to go and see the George Bush uh, Al Gore debate that was on Wake Forest campus wow. um, back in two thousand. And I remember leaving that debate that night, thinking, "Man, here's two smart folks, but just." with completely different ideas. Those were some lively debates. Too. Lively yeah. debates. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I left that debate thinking, okay, these guys think completely differently about the direction the country should head. 
and it got me curious. And so from there, it was it was to law school, you know, mm-hmm. to learn to learn the law. And uh, I started my practice here, but always knew mm-hmm. um, that, that I thought my skill set fit public service. I like solving problems. Mm-hmm. And so in 2012, I, I reached out to Lyle Larson, and he and I went and had a beer. And I said, Lyle, you gotta you gotta help me do this. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, I'll help you, but you gotta prove to me that you want it. I said, Well, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to go block walking for Governor Romney in that Romney Obama election. And you, somebody told me about this, and you went to Ohio, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it was like snowing. And all. I, I said, okay. No problem, Lyle, I'll do it, thinking I'd be, you know, somewhere here in Texas. And he said, But you got to go do it in Ohio. <laughs> this has to hurt. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. And I did it. You know, a few weeks later, I'm in Ohio. <laughs> And it's cold and it's rainy, wow. and uh, I'm knocking on doors for Governor Romney. But um, how but comfortable I, were you yeah. doing that? Because I mean, that's that not everybody can do that. It was my first time doing something like and, that. And where in Ohio? I was Blue in Blue Ohio Hamilton, or Red, Red Hamilton Ohio. County. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, at first, you know, the first day or so, you know, it's a little jarring when people slam the door right. in your face or dogs are jumping at you and things like that. <laughs> um, but, but I'll tell you, I loved it by the end of the week, talking to folks, talking mm-hmm. about the issues, how I thought Governor Romney could best um, help them yeah. um, was great. So I came back and then from there, it was about getting to know other folks in the community. Um, Councilman Gallagher then started putting me on the boards and everywhere I was, I feel like whether it was the Port of San Antonio or the Ethics Review Board, I was able to contribute to solving issues and advancing the ball. Um, The Port of San Antonio, y'all are seeing what's going on there. You know, I'm proud that when I was there, the Innovation Center and everything was just coming to life and we were able to help put the finishing touches on that to to move that forward. So it's always been something that um, I've enjoyed doing. Um, I've always been able to work with different groups of people, you know, conservative, um, liberal, you know, of all different races, genders, whatever it is, you know, always been able to work with folks, find common ground, advance the ball on what the issue is. And so I just think this really fits my skill set. Now, during the campaign, you talked about your opposition, vehement opposition to Proposition A, which was a proposed charter amendment that uh, would have uh, decriminalized uh, marijuana and abortion and expanded the city's site and release program. Um, can you talk a little bit? Uh, it, it, it was defeated by a wide margin. But can you talk a little bit about the biggest concerns that you had about it? I just think it would have um, it would have increased crime. You know, we we talked a lot on the campaign about we don't want to be San Francisco or Portland or one of those other cities. And some say, oh, well, isn't that, you know, isn't that a little bit of an exaggeration? Um, I don't know. I think uh, Proposition A would have sent the wrong message um, and uh, it, it would have encouraged folks that uh, aren't looking to do good here in San Antonio to to do those things. And I think we would have seen some of the same scenes you see um, in some of those other cities. Um, we would have seen them here and we don't want that. I mean, uh, most of the, the, the categories that were included in this, this site and release program that, that was proposed are already part of the site and release program. Graffiti would have been something that would have been added. Um, but I think one, one of the things that, that, that I heard from people who opposed Prop A was that just having, even, even if in many of those cases people are already getting cited and not arrested, that the, the uh, 
factor of having officer discretion in in the minds of, the, of some of the opponents, there was a feeling that if someone uh, knows that there's a possibility they could get arrested, if it comes down to shoplifting or you know uh, running out of a, a bill at a restaurant or whatever, I mean, it's some of the examples that people have, have mentioned to me, that if they're aware of the possibility that they could get arrested, that that is a deterrent in itself. Is, I mean, is that yeah, the way you look yeah, at it? Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, perception is sometimes... Uh, turns into reality, and and so so absolutely, um, it, it it's just it's not the kind of city we cite and release in the first place. I think is a is a is a huge issue, um, and I don't know if we have time to go into it here sure. here, but um, I have a lot of problems with the cite and release program. The pro- yeah, that that the district attorney has in place right now. So that's something we need to look at. Um, in the first place, but ex- you know, expanding it through uh, through Proposition A would have been bad, and uh, and then you know, a lot of people didn't talk about the justice director issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, this Proposition A to put in a justice director that was going to get to have a say mm-hmm. over uh, police issues and things moving forward. Uh, yet it's written in there that this person can have no law enforcement background at all. Um, just makes no sense to me, and uh, didn't like it. Well, what what issues do you have with that current site and release program? Then? Well, again, I think, you know. <laughs> what would you like to see changed about it? Well, I think we need to look at it from top to bottom on what exactly, uh, when are we letting these folks go? And I've talked to a bunch of officers during the campaign, and they would say, Mark, you know, it takes between two and three hours um, to arrest somebody, take them down, put them through the booking process and they're back on the street before dinner time. And so it, it would, it really decreases police morale is what I was hearing. And, um, they would have these folks, one guy, one officer told me that, that he arrested somebody and the the guys in the back of the car and was basically laughing, telling him like, you know, you know, I'm going to be back out there tomorrow. And so again, it comes down to when these, when the criminals out there think they're not going to have to suffer any real consequences for what they do. In my opinion, they're going to be more likely to keep committing the crimes. Um, and so we need to take a, a look at wh- what exactly we're doing in terms of, you know, who we're letting go and and what sort of significant deterrent we can be to stop these things from happening in the future. You've, you've talked about wanting to uh, re- try to reduce property taxes if, if possible. But I get the sense that you also want to enhance police funding. Yeah. And so h- how do you uh, – I, I guess my question is, is it, is, it, is it possible to reduce taxes at the local level any more than, than has been done? We, yeah. have, we have a homestead exemption now. Where, where, would, the, where would that come from? Um, well, I was happy to see that I think the mayor is on board with um, trying to double the homestead exemption mm-hmm. uh, uh, that Councilman Perry helped uh, helped get in place. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a start. 
Um, and some might say it's a little start, but it's it's something. To get property tax relief, we're gonna need we're gonna need to work with the state legislature. Obviously, um, there's only so much we can do here locally. Um, but one of the things I talked about on the campaign is, you know, again, have great relationship with with uh, Representative Allison and Lujan mm -hmm. and want to try to work with them, get more transparency in the process. Um, you know, people have suggested perhaps making the chief appraiser position here um, a, an elected uh, position, mm -hmm. which is um, maybe a slippery slope. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I know. That, that could be tough. That's that a terrible idea. <laughs> that is, oh, that is one of the worst. But, but look, you know, my point is we got to look mm -hmm. at everything and and try to get some meaningful relief to folks because property taxes are, are killing people. Well, if you increase the homestead exemption at the city level, does that mean budget cuts? Um, well, I mean, it's going to take some money. That's for sure. But we we got to find it. Do you, is there anything? I know that you, you know, I hate to put you on the spot. We haven't uh, sworn in yet. But just from what you've, you've observed so far, I mean, are there areas where you think we could cut this? Um, there's room for. So I am. I had my my uh, first meeting with Eric and, and the staff mm -hmm. last week. Uh, and the first thing I did is I asked for the budget, mm -hmm. and um, I have it right now on my desk, okay. and I'm going through it. <laughs> um, you know, the nature of government, in my opinion, is there's always wasteful spending um, from D.C. to Austin, mm -hmm. locally, I'm sure, as well. I'm looking through that, um, and, and I think we need to, you know, being a good steward of taxpayer funds is is a top priority to me. And uh we, homestead exemption is, is is a good area where we can save some folks from money, and is, are we going to need it to get it from other places? So, Probably. Do you so then? Do you support Nuremberg's plan, or do you want to so see I, him go 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 further? Uh, I don't know the details of Nuremberg's plan, mm. honestly. Um, I just read somewhere I think uh, that he's on board with trying to increase right. uh, the homestead exemption, which is something Double that I yeah. that I talked about during the campaign, and so. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it. Right off the bat, we find something we can agree on. Mm. As you go through the budget, uh, will you take into account um, different areas of town and just historical inequities that have gone on through the years, like you know, District 1, District 2 through 5, and as opposed to 8, 9, 10? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because District 10 gets treated like it's this north side district, you know, that— like like it's District Nine, close to District Two. Like, like it, I, I know, <laughs> I know. It, it's closer there than yeah. it is to District Nine in terms of median income and things like that. It's true. District Ten needs to get our fair share of the dollars. Um, I'm going to be really pushing for that. If you drive up the northeast corridor of District Ten, Perrin, Vital, and North, there's so many parts that um, are really run down, vacant mm -hmm. buildings. Um, we, it's time we do something about that. Mm -hmm. And so um, to your point, uh, you, you know, look, we got to spend our money in a way that's going to benefit all of San Antonio. Um, I'm interested in making sure District 10 gets its fair share sure. of the money this time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In November 2020, uh, San Antonio voters, uh, at the urging of Mayor Nuremberg, uh, approved a one-eight cent sales tax for a workforce development program, which we know is a ready to work essay. It's gotten off to a slow start, um, but I want to get your thoughts on how, what are your just impressions so far? I think it's still a work in progress, obviously. 
Yeah, only know a little bit about it. It's obviously not off to a good start at all. Um, and from what I hear, it's it's uh, you know the idea good in, is good in theory, but again, it's always how do you the devil's in the details, right? You know, what's 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 going on? Why isn't it succeeding? Um, I don't remember the statistics, but I think there's been a bunch of folks that have made the first call or have applied to be in the program. And then somehow from there, there's a huge drop off. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that is, uh, but it sounds like operationally uh, there need to, needs to be some tinkering there to, to get it moving like it should be. Right. So several years ago, the firefighters kind of led a really successful effort to get on the ballot, uh, basically a term limit for the city manager and a, and a salary cap, um, which voters, voters approve. We're hearing that there might be a movement maybe through the charter review committee to undo that, to revisit it and put to voters the, basically the cancellation of those two. Would you support that or not? In other words, do you, do you support having the city manager term limited and his salary capped? Um, I think we got to look at it. It, it, I think we're being hamstrung a bit, um, by the city manager having this, uh, this term limit. Um, Eric's overall, I think, done a good job. And uh, to lose him, I think, would... Uh, and, and, and keep in mind, I'm just getting to know. <laughs> I'm just getting to know. I, I've watched from afar, like everybody else has, mm -hmm. you know, the work he's done over the, over the past few years. Um, but term limiting him out, um, I think, would be a detriment to the city. Yeah. By the way, we're talking about eight years, just... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think we should relook at it. Um, I, I was asking about Ready to Work SA. I'm, I'm also curious about another ambitious uh, program that the city has. We last year, uh, as part of the the city bond, we had 150 million dollar housing bond, and the 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 plan is to uh, rehabilitate some existing housing and and to to build some new housing too. And there's no question, San Antonio has an affordable housing uh, problem, like a a lot of cities uh, do at this right now. Um, I guess I, what I'm wondering is what's philosophically the, the idea of a city uh, funding something like this or, or getting involved in, in uh, not only re uh, rehabilitating housing, but, but building new housing. Um, yeah. I don't, where does that sit with you? I don't know the details of the plan. Um, I do know that what they say, a million people or so are going to be moving to San Antonio between now and uh, 2040, mm -hmm. I think it is. Um, there definitely is a housing issue mm -hmm. here in San Antonio. And uh, what we do about it, um, I'm not sure. You know, re rehabilitating um, rundown housing or facilities to, to make it livable for, for folks that need it uh, at an affordable um, price point mm -hmm. sounds good to me. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's always a matter of how do we get there. Mm -hmm. And so look forward to tackling that issue uh, among, among the others. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we were talking before the podcast and you mentioned that the first council member that you heard from uh, was Jalen McKee Rodriguez. And I, was, I yeah. thought that was interesting. And uh, uh, I mean, obviously you all are, probably have some philosophical differences or ideological differences. Um, 
What was what was the, the conversation like? Yeah, uh, I am positive he and I will not agree on everything. Probably won't agree on everything uh, with any of them, but uh, it was very nice. Um, it was about 10.45 or 11 that night. He called and um, had a very nice conversation with him. And, you know, I, I told him what I've told all these other folks is, is I look forward to working with him on whatever the issue is. Mm -hmm. You know, I, um, I mediate in my day job as an attorney. I'm a mediator. So I got folks in one room that want one thing, folks mm -hmm. in the other room that want something completely different. Mm -hmm. And my job is to bring them together, uh, find a solution so everybody can go forward. Um, that's what I want to do with, with all these folks on council. And I got some relationships that I can, you know, build off of, right? I've known Manny uh, for 17 years. Um, Adriana and I were on the ethics review board together. Mm -hmm. uh, Melissa and I have a bunch of, of common friends. Um, we'll see uh, who ends up winning in, in, in District 7, but Marina and I were in uh, Leadership San Antonio together. Um, Clayton and, and Councilman Courage got a lot of things done mm -hmm. together. So um, I, I, I enjoyed my call with Jalen. Um, I've already, you know, talked with with Adriana and Melissa and the mayor. And um, my goal is to go in there and mm -hmm. work with these folks to get things done for San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the most common thing I heard on the campaign was, oh, Mark, what are you doing? You know, why do you want to do this? You're going to be the lone voice, you know, on the city council. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I said to everybody, if that's true, be a loud, I'm going to be a loud voice. We're going to stand up for the things that the folks in District 10 believe in and, and what they want. Uh, but I don't think it has to be that way. Um, I know a lot of these people. Um, they're good people. Uh, they want to do right by San Antonio. And when you start there, I think there's always going to be, be common ground to be had. So just got to work at it. Um, before we wrap things up, I wanted to... Uh, ask you about the airport expansion, which I know there's been a lot of talk about that. And I think many people are, are excited about that. Clayton has has uh, uh, indicated that he, had, you know, I think at a recent council meeting that he, I mean, he had questions just about, you know, where's the, where's mm -hmm. some of the funding coming? Because they, there, are, there are some, I think there, some of that is still to be determined yeah. um, going forward. Um, when you, when you look at this project, which seems to have a lot of possibility, uh, a lot of potential for San Antonio, but also has some does have some question marks. It's a long-term project. What do you What do you make of it? Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, it's in my backyard in District 10, and so um, I want to be very, very involved um, with the project moving forward. Um, but I understand what Clayton's saying, right? I mean, how how we get this thing uh, funded and done properly um, will be of the utmost importance to me. You know, it, it's sort of. You know, people say it's sort of an island, the airport, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be funded through the operations that, that go on there. Um, and it's something, though, the expansion that we need. Again, a million people moving here uh, in the next 17 years. Um, we need uh, a better airport. Um, I've talked with Eric about this some um, last week. And um, I think they've... Uh, they, they, they've got a they've got a plan that probably needs um, some refining, and um, but I'm excited to be a part of it. It's a big project, obviously, and um, I want to see it succeed. Mm -hmm. 
Well, Mark, thank you so much for being part of the podcast and uh, good luck uh, on city council. Yeah. Thank you all so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you. And for everyone listening, hope you all are doing well. We'll be back next week. Take care.